RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. There's growing concern over a rare spate of local dengue cases. A new permit is unveiled to make it easier for Hong Kongers to work in the mainland. And a Malaysian court rules that two foreign women will go on trial for the murder of Kim Jong-nam. A leading microbiologist says it's worrying to have four locally contracted cases of dengue fever. Dr Ho Pak Leung from the University of Hong Kong urged authorities to conduct what he called military-style measures to kill the mosquitoes that transmit the virus. He said a fast response is needed, otherwise mosquitoes could pass the virus off to their offspring. Dr Ho also says the government should give regular updates on its Ovitrap index, which monitors mosquito levels in various districts. During the summer, especially when there are local cases of dengue, if the relevant department could make the available information publicly available sooner, it will help the public and the other agency to add upon the elevated index. If they can release the information as soon as they become available, rather than collecting uh, all the uh, indices from all the districts before uh, releasing. That would already help. The Health Secretary, Sophia Chan, has expressed concern over the four dengue cases that were reported on Tuesday, saying she doesn't want it to become endemic to Hong Kong. She said various departments were taking action to combat mosquitoes. We are very concerned about the situation and we want to reduce the risk of any outbreak. So therefore, uh, I think it is important for us to do a number of measures, including uh, mosquito control uh, by the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department. So that would be a territory-wide movement. The State Council has announced the introduction of a new residence permit for Hong Kong, Macau and Taiwan citizens to make things easier if they work in the mainland. The permit formalises plans laid out early this month. From September, people from the three areas who have lived on the mainland for at least six months will be able to apply for the permit. The identity document will allow them to access social security, public education and medical services. They'll also be able to buy train tickets online and open local bank accounts. More than half a million Hong Kong people live in Guangdong province alone. Meanwhile, a China analyst says the one country, two systems principle is the biggest impediment to Beijing's plans to develop southern China, including Hong Kong and Macau, into a so-called Greater Bay Area. Duncan Innes-Kerr, the Asia Regional Director of the Economist Intelligence Unit, was commenting after it was announced that Beijing was set up two laboratories at the Hong Kong Science Park to boost innovation and technology here. Mr Innes-Kerr says the Greater Bay Area project is still a long way from being fully integrated into the region as there are many restrictions on the free movement of people, capital and goods. One country, two systems really embeds really quite substantial differentiations in regulation and people flows between the two areas. Now, that's not to say that there's not a lot that the governments can't do to uh, smooth those. And I think the recent talk of, of things like allowing uh, phone roaming, easier opening of bank accounts between the two regions, and this sort of academic cooperation that's just been announced, these are all sort of positive steps. But uh, you will find that sort of uh, furthering integration and developing the sort of very tight-knit economies that these other Bay Areas have will be very tough without significant erosion of the one country, two systems formula. The Court of Appeal has refused to grant leave for activist, for activist Raphael Wong to challenge his contempt of court conviction at the top court. He was sentenced to four months in jail after he was convicted by a lower court last year for refusing an order to leave an Occupy protest site in Mong Kok four years ago. Here's Priscilla Ng. 
Rafael Wong, the vice chairman of the League of Social Democrats, tried to appeal his conviction earlier this year, arguing that refusing to leave the site wasn't sufficient to find him guilty of contempt of court. He said the court should prove he had a specific intent to break the law, but his arguments were rejected by the Court of Appeal in March. Mr. Wong then applied for leave to take his case to the Court of Final Appeal, but this was rejected by the appeal court, which said there was no need for the court to prove the activist's intent. To break the law, Mr. Wong was ordered to pay the prosecution's costs of around sixty-two thousand dollars. The chief executive Carrie Lam says she still doesn't have any timetable for legislating on Article Twenty Three national security law. There have been suggestions the government may be under more pressure to do so following the saga over the pro-independence figure Chan Ho Tin's speech at the Foreign Correspondents Club. Mrs. Lam reiterated that it's a constitutional duty for her and the government to enact Article Twenty Three of the Basic Law, but it's necessary to wait for good timing and good conditions. Researchers and tea specialists say they have used artificial intelligence to develop the first robot that can make Hong Kong-style milk tea. They observed how tea masters make milk tea and program the robot to mimic their practices. The robot, designed by the Hong Kong Productivity Council and the Association of Coffee and Tea of Hong Kong, can make up to nine cups of tea in 12 minutes. Edmund Lai, the council's director of business development, says he thinks the milk tea it makes tastes rather nice. But he said the robot won't replace traditional tea masters, known as sifu in Cantonese. The way I see it is, they actually complement each other, because、um, human beings, when you get a cup of milk tea from a human, there's a more heart and you know the, the the love in it. But that's not something that the robots can replace. But on the other hand, it actually helps us to promote the Hong Kong style milk tea to many different places in the world. Because right now, for example, in U.S. or in Europe, it is very hard. To really get to taste the true Hong Kong style milk tea, so I see this as a way to promote Hong Kong style milk tea overseas, and so that's why I see it as a complement relationship rather than a competing relationship. The central government says it will send a trade envoy to Washington for talks amid a worsening tariff dispute. The Commerce Ministry said the delegation would be led by a deputy minister to discuss issues of mutual concern. The United States and China are poised to impose a new round of tariff hikes on each other's goods next week in a dispute over Beijing's technology policies. New Zealand's parliament has banned people from most other countries from buying existing homes there—a move aimed at making properties more affordable. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Home ownership has slipped out of the reach of many New Zealanders. In Auckland, average prices almost doubled in the past decade, fueled by low interest rates, limited supply, and immigration. The market has started to cool, and the Labour-led government says a ban on foreign buyers, including many from China, would make the dream of owning a property a reality for more New Zealanders. Critics insist the law is unnecessary and won't fix the housing affordability problem. And in news, just in a Malaysian court has ruled that two women accused of assassinating the half brother of North Korea's leader in a hit that shocked the world will go on trial for murder. Judge Azimi Arifin told the Shah Alam High Court just outside Kuala Lumpur that the prosecution had made a prima facie case against the accused, and he called upon them to enter their defence for the respective charges. And we'll have more on that story、uh, as it leads throughout the afternoon. 
Italy has declared a 12-month state of emergency in the region around the bridge in Genoa that collapsed on Tuesday, killing at least 39 people. More than 630 people have been evacuated from apartment blocks in the area where the concrete viaduct broke apart and the government says many of their homes will have to be destroyed. Michele Sodano is a spokesman for the ruling Five Star Movement in Italy. All over Italy now we're going to double check on the infrastructures because we don't want this to happen again. We are starting like a kind of martial plan on Italian infrastructure because they need maintenance. And since the company which had to do it, which is Autostrade per Italia, didn't do a good job, now it's time for the public administration to take care of it. Donald Trump has revoked the security clearance of former CIA director John Brennan, who was and is a vocal critic of the president. The White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Saunders said Mr Brennan had used his access to sensitive information to make unfounded allegations against the administration. Mr Brennan's line and recent conduct characterized by increasingly frenzied commentary is wholly inconsistent with access to the nation's most closely held secrets and facilities, the very aim of our adversaries, which is to sow division and chaos. In his response, Mr Brennan called the action against him part of a broader effort by Mr Trump to suppress freedom of speech and punish critics. Reports from Austria say an Afghan migrant who says he's gay has had his asylum request turned down on the grounds that he didn't walk, behave or dress like a homosexual. Here's the BBC's Mike Saunders. It's been called the craziest ever reason for rejecting an asylum request. An official assessing an 18-year-old who arrived alone from Afghanistan reported that the teenager showed no gay characteristics. The lad's tendency to fight with his roommates betrayed an aggression that wasn't to be expected in homosexuals, he wrote. Also, he was a bit of a loner, the official noted, asking, aren't homosexuals rather sociable? Gay rights groups have condemned the stereotyping. The man is to appeal. Scientists who've analysed a mummy have found that ancient Egyptians were using the same recipe to embalm their dead a thousand years earlier than previously thought. Here's the BBC's Victoria Gill. Take a base of sesame oil, add extract of bulrushes, acacia gum and a dash of pine resin and you have much the same basic embalming recipe that was developed by the ancient Egyptians around 4000 BC. The intact mummy the team examined, the body of a man who died in his 20s or 30s, provided a unique opportunity to study this ancient chemistry because it hadn't had any preservative treatment. The body dates from about 3500 BC, while it had previously been believed that the practice of mummification started around a thousand years later, at the time of the pharaohs. Scientists in Britain say they've identified a potential treatment for acute liver failure that could reduce the need for transplants. Acute liver failure is often caused by an overdose of paracetamol or viral hepatitis. Here's the BBC's James Gallagher. The liver has an incredible ability to repair itself, but after severe injuries like a large drug overdose, the organ can fail to regenerate. The researchers studied people's livers and found a chemical signal that's released after damage. It told liver cells to become permanently dormant and prevented any regeneration. The researchers then turned to mice and a cancer therapy that can block the signal. The animals were given a drug overdose that would normally lead to fatal liver failure. But with the treatment, they survived. And now with the latest sports news, here's Richard Pine.
We start in Estonia, where two excellent extra time goals saw Atletico Madrid beat Real Madrid 4-2 in the first ever UEFA Super Cup derby. It's the fourth time in five years that the match between the winners of the Champions League and the Europa League has been contested by two Spanish sides, but it's the first played by two teams from the same city. The BBC's Hugh Morgan reports. Real Madrid don't lose in European finals. Well, that's at least what they've become accustomed to. But two goals in injury time gave Atletico the bragging rights. Two goals from Saul and Koke put the game to bed in the first half of extra time after goals from Karim Benzema, Sergio Ramos, alongside a double from Diego Costa meant it was level after 90 minutes. Europa League champions Atletico were dogged and determined, while Real Madrid, without Ronaldo, are playing without restraint, it seems. Manchester City are bracing for the possibility of being without influential midfielder Kevin De Bruyne for several months. The Belgian suffered an injury to his right knee in training, and City took the unusual step of releasing a statement saying that the extent of his injury isn't yet known. But Belgian football writer Christophe Turer believes De Bruyne has damaged a lateral ligament. He shouted quite loud, I was told, so they immediately knew it was serious, and I was already told that before the statement came that... They reckoned he could be out between two and four months because he's, uh, he's damaged his lateral ligament. Further exams will have to uh, decide on the real extent, but they consider he could be out between two and four months. Chelsea's Nigerian midfielder Victor Moses has announced his retirement from international football, saying he wanted to fully focus on his club career. Meanwhile, another of the biggest stars from the continent has put pen to paper, committing his future to Crystal Palace. Wilfred Zaha was linked to moves to Tottenham and Chelsea in the transfer window, but the Ivory Coast star said he was relieved talks over a new five-year deal have been concluded. Palace chairman Steve Parrish says it's a positive deal for both parties. It's not just a question of Wilf being blindly loyal to the club. That isn't something that is reasonable to expect from anybody. You know, it's a two-way street. You know, we've got to make the places that Wilf feels he can help him further his career and help him further his ambition. But of course, he's got such a strong affinity to the club and the supporters. You know, it's an easier conversation than it would otherwise be, I think. And he, he will find it as difficult to believe if that ever happens. And we will see him go. But right now, we're happy that he's a Palace player. We're happy that he's committed to us for the long term. In tennis, Wimbledon champion Novak Djokovic shrugged off stomach issues to beat Adrian Manorino and reached the third round in Cincinnati, the only Masters title that's eluded him so far. Djokovic called for a doctor during the second set and eventually prevailed 4-6-6-2-6-1 as he builds up to the US Open. On the women's side of the draw, title holder Garbine Muguruza crashed out 2-6-6-4-6-4 to Lazia Serenko, but U.S. Open champion Sloane Stevens was untroubled on her way through to the third round, dispatching Tatiana Maria in straight sets. And that's all for now from the Sports Desk. Thanks, Richard Pine. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. There's growing concern over a rare spate of local dengue fever cases. A new permit is unveiled to make it easier for Hong Kongers to work in the mainland. And a Malaysian court rules that two foreign women will go on trial for the murder of Kim Jong-nam. The news from RTHK. Don't get-